0: Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Way's Better.
1: And I'm uh, Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 86. We have um, another Munda Biddy one left. We actually don't have too many of these to go before we reach the end. But before we get into that, um, Donovan would just like to say a few words regarding the last episode because we did record it what, three or four weeks before we actually released it and a few things happened in that time.
0: Yeah, so I just want to say just a big f*** you very much to Omicron. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so three days before I was about to depart, Alyssa and I were going to depart, we had to cancel our trip because the warning rating that WA has for the states went up to medium, Mm. which would have made it really difficult to get back. Not impossible, but it would have been difficult. And as the time progressed, if we had gone, it went to high, to very high, to extreme. Yeah. And at the extreme level, we would not have been allowed back in. So we made the sort of heartbreaking decision to pull the pin on that. So I gave last year one and a half stars. Let's just <laughs> give it one. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that 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 just was that was not great. But uh, you know, I, I, it was the right decision not to go. Mm. But uh, you know, like it's just. It's just awful, yeah. um, particularly seeing that we have no choice but to travel at school times because of Alyssa being a teacher, and we could kind of see it happening. Like you could see it unfolding. this like this this train crash in front of us, but you know, what do we have? <laughs> what can we do?
1: Uh, I was listening to the episode when when we released. I was like, oh no, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, and
0: I'll talk a bit at the end of this podcast why it's a little bit more upsetting than if it
1: was just any normal year but mm.
0: stick around for that
1: yeah i mean one positive come out of that is your record collection got quite a bump in, uh, <laughs> in new, new uh new titles it's got quite the bump in value yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh
0: yeah so basically instead of the trip because we had this was going to be a 10 year anniversary trip for Alyssa and i not wedding but just 10 years together and we um we booked Frestane Lodge, which is very expensive a night. And I was like, bugger it. I'm spending like my night's worth yeah. <laughs> on a record. <laughs> yeah. But I do, do want to say um, thank you to some of our listeners who wrote in, um, had some nice things to say. You know, it was really nice to get some feedback or, about the, you know, the podcast.
1: Yeah, it was great because we got a couple of emails that were at length. So I, I really appreciate when people take that time. To write in like a proper thoughtful response, so thank yeah. you to those people. All right, on to the Munderbiddy. This is Walpole to Denmark now, which is your favourite section of the Billman track. Mm-hmm. Um, as we'll talk about later, I'm guessing not your favourite section of the Munderbiddy. Um, but this is also your or half of your or two th- is it half or two thirds two thirds two thirds of your maintenance section um, that you look after. So heading out of Walpole, um, it's. I mean, I got lost doing this because I was like, "I know Walpole. We can take these back streets, and we'll eventually <laughs> hit the Munda Biddy." And then no, and Aaron and I had to like circle back to almost where the highway was, and then we found it. Yeah. No. Follow. Follow it out of the park.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, so I maintained from here up until just after the the drive that takes you away from the giant tingle. And the first bit is a section of the bib that I hated, but it's quite nice as a bike, which is um, going through the coal mine um, heritage trail. Yeah. What's
1: it called? I don't think it's just labeled. Coal mine beach heritage trail.
0: Yeah. And it goes through like this sort of grassy area on this quite hardened surface. Mm. And I think when we... We did the Bibbulment Track episode of this. I said about how I just felt like I was being sledgehammered in the foot. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, but as a maintenance volunteer, I love it because yeah. I have to do nothing through the section. That's
1: great. I mean, yeah, because it is quite wide. I doubt it would overgrow it very easily. Mm. Maybe some plants that are like blown over in the wind. But yeah, on the bike, very pleasant, um, compacted gravel. You cross that little creek, at Collier Creek. Yeah, I You've think got so. that bit of boardwalk. Um, yeah, just really pleasant. And it gives you that, like, first sighter of where the hills that you're going to be heading into. Mm. I remember on the bib, I was like, oh, cool, we're going up into there, really excited. And on the bike, I'm just like, nope, <laughs> not excited <laughs> to go up those hills. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. But then riding past Coal Mine Beach, I was kind of like, like, I knew the bib went basically to the beach and mm. then through the, the holiday park there. And I was kind of disappointed that the Munda Bidi takes a a roundabout way
0: It just rides along the road
1: yeah yeah
0: i I agree i think that that's a bit of a weakness in that clearly there must be some environmental reason why the bikes can't ride on the footpath well the the non-footpath that just the trail um but that's a little bit disappointing um
1: yeah yeah. because like when you got there i was like i know the options there you can go and have a look if i want but i wasn't sure if it kind of then just went a bit further on Mm. i didn't really look at the map too much but yeah I mean, you eventually get to the the inlet lookouts, they're quite pretty, so you get that connection with the water eventually, but it's it'd be nice to, to visit coal mine beach. Yeah, for sure. And then crossing the highway and into your like actual proper maintenance section where you actually have to do something. Yeah, and
0: this this is actually quite a lot of work through here. This is one of the most time consuming parts to maintain which is the bit that leads from, like, you, you cross the highway and you go through this sort of um, slightly swampy, um, mm. Pinger Up plains kind of stuff, and then you enter carry Forests that is like a switchback up through there. And this, the last trip we did, we spent almost all the time on the maintenance on this bit because other sections are um, basically roads, yeah. uh, whereas this is all single track. And it gets very overgrown,
1: hmm. and recently burnt as well. So all of that yeah. new growth is going to be quite thick.
0: Yeah, and also like, there were some some things where trees had burnt, and then there's like they've fallen over a bit, and they've like a branch is like at a head height. So mm. I have to do a lot of of maintenance here because I I despise after a bushfire when it has that untidy look. Mm. So I've I've done a lot of work here to make it as tidy as possible because. <laughs> I just, for me, like, it's just like a vein in my head is, is like popping (laughs) at the side of it.
1: Uh, I did write in my notes because I was like, when I was writing through, I was like, I know this isn't Donovan's fault. It just, it looks messy because of the the regrowth and just like everything pops up all at the same time and it's all fighting for the same space. But yeah, I mean, with time that'll settle down and. With your maintenance, you'll probably <laughs> make that settle down a lot quicker.
0: Yeah, so the last time we went through was after you you did th- that section last, mm. so it should look better now because we cut down a few like dead trees that were like not not trees, being like saplings that yeah. were were clearly just obliterated by the fire. Mm. Um, we cut back a lot of the the sort of understory that was creeping in to mm. there, and also. Um, Yeah, just just try to think about, like, if you're a cyclist and there's wet, fallen bark that's going to slip, you know, we try to just push that aside just to make it a bit nicer. You're not going to fall over.
1: Mm. But, I mean, just looking at my photos today, it looked like the carry trees looked a lot better than when you went through Mm. on your written-up end-to-end. Yeah. So that's a positive that it's coming back quite nicely. That's
0: right. I mean, I think carry forest recovers pretty well. So it only takes like a few years and then you wouldn't notice. Whereas with
1: Jarrah, you'll notice forever. (laughs) (laughs) Do not know what you're talking about. Um, And then from there, you kind of like, you join the Billman, which happens a lot on this day. Mm. Um, But thankfully, this is kind of like gentle hills, whereas the Billman from here goes up quite steeply. um, Yeah. Not a bad section. Like it's on the vehicle tracks. It's through kind of mixed forest.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not the most exciting stretch of the track, but I quite like it because it's, you know, I feel I feel really sort of pleased that I have a section that's Carrie and Tingle Forest. Yeah. Because that's, that's a nice thing. Like, you know, Tingle Forest is pretty rare mm. and I maintain a section that has Tingle in it.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. And one bit I remember through here was like just the wildflowers are really nice. mm which is quite not a rare thing for like the carry forest, but sometimes it gets a bit thick um, yeah. in the canopy and the wildflowers don't you know, get to bloom as as prolific as they would say in the jarrah forest.
0: Yeah, I think because there's a few clearings, so those kind of help make it a bit more mixed. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The only thing that's not good about it at the moment is that it's really severely eroded, as you would have seen from the rains over the winter last year. Um,
1: I don't remember been too much of a problem i remember there being puddles through there so you did have to watch where you were riding but yeah the erosion wasn't too bad mm. it's i think it, i because i maintain it it just i i get a bit sort of like ah. yeah <laughs> yeah um and then you kind of reach a little bit of an exposed area up a, a final hill to mm. where the tingle road crosses mm. and you start heading down quite severely yeah so this i mean
0: one of the things that's not signed here and it is going against the flow of traffic for the cars is and i kind of wish that maybe there was like a bikes accepted sign or something or maybe its own thing Mm. is that you're really so close to the giant tingle and you don't really get to go to it
1: yeah that's kind of one thing i was not disappointed with but like you get to you know valley of the giants but you've got the giant tingle there, like, why not just kind of just go there? Yeah. Or at least have a sign saying if you want to, you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, mean, not many Mundabidi riders carry a lock with them. Some do, but, like, I don't think your bike's really going to get stolen if you want to walk around that area.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's not super busy at giant tingle where I think it'd be a problem. If you could park your bike up and you know, there's maybe like one or two cars there and they're, they're like, you know, families with kids, so they're not going to steal your bike.
1: But from there, we had this interesting bit where I was like, I don't know, there's a car there. And then I kind of like rode up to it, realized someone was inside, but the guy was just reading a newspaper. <laughs> yeah. It turned out to be a DBCA officer. So he must have, I not know, that was his job to sit in the car all day. But they were clearing this section with like big tractors. Okay. I was like, "Thank God," because you know, it was a really, really nice ride down because the the track was like flat and clear, and it was just fantastic riding. Yep. Um, because this area is quite steep in places, and you don't really want to be getting caught and super muddy. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, it's just this is one thing that I was kind of anxious about for this day. Is it was quite warm when we went through, and there's a lot of hills like. Mm. Just going to to the hut is 55 kilometers, but there's over 1,100 meters of climbing in this day. Hmm. And it's just, I had this anxiety of, oh no, the hills, even though they're not too bad and you can walk up most of them. It was just that like, I knew they were there. Yeah. So it was hard to kind of enjoy spots when I knew what was coming.
0: Yeah. I did this, so almost like a year before you, because you did this in August, didn't you? Yeah,
1: early, early September because September.
0: I did this in I think August 2020 and it was like the opposite it was like really cold and super wet mm-hmm. um and it was like fantastic because of how muddy it was like
1: I was just getting sprayed with mud and <laughs> had a big grin on my face the whole way yeah because I was looking at photos today and I was like yeah we did not encounter any mud whatsoever oh, really <laughs> yeah. just dry yeah yeah uh, but there is that cool little single track section that takes you off the roads, which yep. kind of get a bit repetitive. And it gives you those awesome views overlooking the Franklin, yeah, which is a big kind of highlight for this section. Mm. And I was not expecting like, you know, awesome river views from that spot.
0: Yeah. I, I really think that one of the things I love about this section is the um, how big
1: the grass trees are and how just bountiful yeah. that is. Because yeah, it doesn't often happen um in this section i know on the bib like there's that one little bit after sappers bridge where it's like jarrah forests and like grass trees and and king Years and yeah really unique and then yeah back onto the vehicle track towards monastery landing which is quite easy to miss if you don't know it's there or you're not looking out for it because yeah. it's at the bottom of a hill like a steep hill and then if you're gearing yes. up to go back up the, the next hill, you could quite easily miss it.
0: Yeah. I guess that's one of the things. If you stop for monastery landing, you lose a bit of that momentum
1: because it like steeply rises up and bends around the corner. Yeah. And then I kept saying to Aaron, like, have we missed it? Like, I, like every valley I was like, does this go to the river? And it's quite obvious when you're looking out <laughs> yeah. for it. But yeah, as was just that, like in the back of my mind, like, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Yeah. And I actually think we got the same experience while we were there with the kayaker yeah, coming up say. as well. <laughs> yeah. I think ours was a kayaker. He might've been in a boat. Um, but yeah, it was just weird. Like we were there and then all of a sudden around the corner there there was someone. Yeah. that's just yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because like it's for the photos, that's what you want. It's like, yeah. Know, it's a common activity on the Franklin of people you know, kayaking or paddling to Monastery Landing and back from Nornal up, so... Yeah. yeah.
0: And that, that spot is just spectacular, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I was not disappointed, but I was like, oh, that, the lighting was really harsh because it was just really bright. Wow. Oh. Um, so the photos on my posts when it eventually releases won't be great, but yeah, when you're in person, it's it's pretty special there. Mm. And then moving on from Monastery Landing, you've got the More Hills yeah until you reach
0: sappers bridge and some of these are pretty hardcore like especially when you know it was muddy mm. and there were a lot of fallen branches when i did it um and there were four wheel drives that were trying to travel down then i was like you're not gonna yeah. do this
1: like yeah it's just it's daunting sometimes because there's one that you go up and then you go around a little hairpin and it's just there's another one there yeah and you're like oh god like a like it wasn't too bad because I knew Aaron was going to be walking up them, so I had time. and I didn't have to really have to push. Mm. But it was like I'd prefer to be on the bike than pushing my bike up a hill. Yeah, and I think yeah, there's some certain areas around here that could benefit from some single track with switch like proper switchbacks.
0: Yeah, and there's there's certainly some single track here from the Bibbleman because the Bibbleman you know crisscrosses and like you you mm. you come around the bend and it's like oh yeah, there's the Bibbleman. Um, so it's not like it wouldn't be, you know, that hasn't been done
1: before. Yeah. Yeah, when we reached the bib, I was like, I don't remember this. And then it clicked, like, oh, this is the long hill that you walk down and then duck off to go to Franklin yeah, River. Yeah, turn left and oh, so up, I yeah. really enjoyed this when I was walking through, but not so much on the bike. <laughs> I I think, you know, this is where, I guess, the
0: external factors really make a difference because i loved this probably more than you did because mm-hmm. the weather was so optimal for me whereas it was not optimal for you yeah i
1: mean it was like low to mid 20s so not too bad but like just the sun whenever it hit you yeah and like you're struggling up those hills it's yeah yeah wasn't too bad um and then sapper's bridge i think we got a different experience because you would have got it when it was fine and mm-hmm. then all the winter rains like you see the photos from some bib hikers who were wading through like chest deep foam yeah trying to cross it um and then a bit of it had been washed away so they they were repairing it as we were going over okay (laughs) which I was happy because the diversion basically took you along the highway I think yeah and it was like an awfully long diversion as well Yeah, like skip all this good tingle forest just go directly to the roads
0: yeah, when we say direct as well, it was like a big lap around because you had to take like the other part of Valley of the Giants Road to get mm. back to
1: Valley of the Giants. Yeah, so yeah, not ideal. And I'm thankful that like they put in like a little mini bridge to cross where the concrete met the the gravel. So that was pretty yeah. cool. But yeah, didn't stick around too long because they were actively working on it. I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> it's yeah. getting in the way.
0: But a good, I mean, this, this bridge does get flooded. I mean, this is like the fourth bridge, I think. Mm. Um, this bridge gets flooded very often. So, you know, if there is a diversion, don't risk it because I know some people tried. And as you say, like if a section's been washed away and it's covered in foam, you're not going to see that.
1: Yeah. You're just going to fall straight through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, pretty part of the river. The bridge is not so pretty because it's just this concrete... A bit Soviet. <laughs> ...monstrosity, but that's kind of what was necessary once the old timber yeah. became a bit uh, rotted.
0: And if you think about the fact that it's a Soviet concrete bridge and it still got damaged, mm. that kind of says that the wood bridge just wouldn't have been able to take it.
1: Yeah. Actually, yeah, I probably think the, the latest floods may have been, like, that's it for the the whole wooden bridge. mm and then from there on to everyone's favourite brainy cut-off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think we've got to the the bottom of why it is called that. No, we've never...
0: I mean, it's something that everyone
1: finds amusing, yeah. but I don't think anyone ever knows. I kind of would like to not find out and just leave it to how <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this also marks another uphill. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt Brainy cutoff wasn't the worst one. No, yeah. it was after this, because you rise to the top and there's that little open paddock thing with the, the woodshed. Yeah. And that's another down, and then it's straight into, like, the, probably the worst of the hills for the day. Yeah. Because um, it's Boxall Road, isn't it? That's the one, yeah. And it's, like, 15 to 20% gradients for, like, a kilometre. Yeah. I was just de- not defeated at this point, but I'm just, like, just... This is it. Like, get through this. Yeah. And it's not easy sailing to Valley of the Giants, but, like, you're getting towards the end of the bad stuff for the day. Yeah. And
0: that's, I mean, I was going to make a big joke when I was like, like oh, yeah, I'm going to write a thing where it says, you know, you, you must have your brainy cut off to do <laughs> to do hills this big. And then Boxall was the one that really was the killer.
1: But I remember before then, like, as you go down the hill... I think as you turn off to go onto Boxall and there's an even like steeper hill in front of you. I <laughs> yeah. looked at that and I was like, no, no. <laughs> and then yeah, turned off. But I was like, this is still just as bad. Yeah. I think at this point I was like, Aaron's probably going to be walking quite a bit. I'll just skip ahead and, you know, stop somewhere else. But yeah, like this is a lot. And like, I thought I was going pretty slowly, but then I looked at my Strava time for the hill, and I was like, "Oh, everyone walks this. Yeah, like, there'd be very few people that actually ride it." I'm
0: looking forward to trying it on the electric. Cause I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done it yet. This whole section I haven't rid, ridden on the electric. Yeah, but um, I'm looking forward to being like, "Ha ha ha! ha take that hill!"
1: Yeah, the e-bike has its own thing on. Not it that does. you use Strava. Anyway. No,
0: yeah, but I know, like, I wouldn't
1: put it as a. Yeah. You know, I don't. I think that's dishonorable. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, like once you reach that top, top is like the good feeling of accomplishment. And then it's very, very flat for a while as you go on Twin Creeks Road, Mm. Um, which again, difference of a a year, there was a prescribed burn or a burn went through after you did it. And it was just really exposed and like blackened on one side. Right. I was like, oh, this isn't fun. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to
0: say like a very pretty tingle forest. Yeah, no, No. not not for
1: me. (laughs) Um, they end up waiting at the junction of Twin Creeks Road and, God, I forget the name of the road that you then head towards Valley of the Giants on mm. and just sat there in like the openness on the sand and just had a bit of a break while I waited for Aaron and that was quite peaceful mm. um, and kind of a sign of things to come for the rest of the day. Uh, but then you do reach Valley of the Giants riding through some pretty nice tingle and then as you reach that road, it's like yes, just one more little push, and I can have a break. Yeah, so it's a I think it's a three hundred meter diversion off the track to actually visit, but all uphill. Yeah, yeah,
0: but it's on on
1: um, you know sealed roads, so it's yeah. fairly easy riding, um, and well signed as well, so you you can't miss. Um, yeah, the diversion up there on the way back, you've really got to have your smarts about you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, just one of the icons of the Southwest, um, unfortunately at the time of recording undergoing some maintenance, because I think it was getting quite dangerous according to some engineers' evaluations. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, you talk about Walpole and most people will say Valley of the Giants.
0: Yeah. And it it is spectacular. When I did this day, um, I got picked up here and we, we went back home from um, from Valley of the Giants. And so, you know, I put my bike on the on the car. We went and did the walk. And even though it's, you know, very touristy, it's still outstanding. Um, mm. Both the treetop, you know, walk and the understory walk yeah. through the ancient empire.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, how often are you walking that high among the, the trees, let alone the tingle forest, which is unique to this area? Yeah. Um, so I was geared up to do this. I was like, I was parked my bike. Aaron hadn't reached me yet um so the ladies were looking after my bike at the the thing yeah but aaron just he's just like I, I don't want to do it i was like why Why not like you've ridden all this way it's like a highlight of the track but i was like okay you do you and he, he was just flabbergasted when he found out that i'd done this like two or three times already i was like why not like yeah it's such a cool experience yeah um, we didn't do the, the understory bit because we I was just wanted a break yeah. and have some lunch. But yeah, definitely if you've done the diversion, make sure you do both. And also stop in at the gift store because there's a nice selection of drinks and ice cream yeah. and goodies. Definitely.
0: When we did the bib, we stopped in here. Uh, it was like breakfast time and we had some ice cream for mm. breakfast. Yeah. Um, one other thing I'd say about the understory area, the ancient empire, is that you know, I've talked a lot about the kings, and one of the kings are here. <laughs> yep. The King Tingle is here, so you know, don't forget to collect the King the Tingle kings. and the Grandma Tingle, as and well. the Grandma Tingle. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, I think it, it's really beautiful through there. Uh, I think, in its own way, the ancient empire
1: is as beautiful as the Treetop Walk. Mm. Just obviously, it's a different experience. Yeah, because you appreciate the size when you're in the treetop walk like being up that high but then down on the ground like just the girth of these trees is just like mind-blowing sometimes yeah and set for a new trail network through there pretty soon so i'm excited to that they're expanding that from like just a couple of like tourist-friendly walks to probably some half-day loops nice so yeah fingers crossed that that comes into fruition and then once you leave Valley of the Giants, you've got one last push-up. I think it's a 50-meter hill, but through here is some of the best tingle you'll see on the Munda Biddy. Yep. Like just big, giant, girthy examples like right next to the track. kind yeah. of makes you forget about that final hill that you have to do.
0: I think that my overview page for the Munda Biddy uses this a tree that's along the section as yeah. like
1: the cover picture. Nice. Yeah. And at the top of that climb is a piece of granite that I kind of photographed from a distance, but you got up quite close to it. And I kind of forgot that it was there.
0: Yeah. So I, um, I stopped just to have a look at it. And it's like, oh, this is, and it was really spooky because it had rained. So there was like this misty cloud over it. And I was like, oh, this is lovely. I'll take photos. And then I saw there was like a bit of wooden boardwalk. That was actually leading across the the granite, mm. and there was some some sections that were a bit overgrown. But I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just walk through these overgrown bits to the granite. Didn't stand any moss mark. Good, <laughs> um, and it's just really beautiful. But I don't understand why there's this boardwalk here because it doesn't mm. look it doesn't look like it's like a brand new thing. Like they're building a trail now, but it doesn't look like it's like super super old and no one's maintained it either.
1: Yeah, I mean. Because the bib probably has always been aligned the way it is. Yeah. So I doubt it was, a like, a different alignment through there. So that's, yeah, kind of odd that it's there and maybe they might use it in the future, so yeah. fingers crossed. Because it is quite spectacular
0: through there, but mm. I just wasn't sure what it was and it was just a weird sort of highlight. There's this boardwalk that you can walk and yeah. it's only, you know, only people on the Mandabidi would see it.
1: Mm. And especially, like, you don't really get too much exposure to granite. On the Mundabidi, like, is probably it for, like, biggish.
0: Yeah. There's a few, like, along the road. Like, on, on this further along the section, there's mm. a bit. But, yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of it. Yeah.
1: Um, but having reached the top of the hill, there is a giant downhill from here. And, then, oh, my God, is this enjoyable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so fun. Because, to me, this was, like, no more hills for the rest of the day, even though that's not really true. But, like, the big climbs, like, the steep gradient climbs are over yeah um yeah and it's kind of like a, a nice parting farewell to the tingle and carry forest for the day yeah um because yeah once you leave that national park area it's onto farmland and kind of a different kind of scenery yep yeah <laughs> it's a very um, nice way of putting it Mark. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but the farmland here is is pretty spectacular like rolling green hills um cows and sheep everywhere and then you get the nice views looking back to where you've just come from and the hills yeah so that was that was quite pleasurable mm. and like I just is I don't mind riding like on these types of roads when it's warm or sunny because it's like nice and open there's a few trees to keep you kind of shaded a little bit but I just had a smile on my face it's been like cool hills over I'm done I can just enjoy the rest of the day Yeah. Um, but the rest of the day for you was not very enjoyable. Uh, I just... I don't love this sort of
0: scrappy, pinger-up, plains kind of scenery very much, especially when it's just on endless roads. Like, I just find that so utterly boring. And I feel like, unfortunately, they're not going to change it because they spent a lot of money on building suspension bridges through the section. So, like... Yeah. It's just this very straight, long road <laughs> through, like, scrappy Jarrah and, like, Pinkerop plains kind of grassland. And they've spent a lot of money to take the Mundabidi off these, uh, like, concrete bridges onto mm. suspension bridges. And it just says to me that this is it. This is permanent. We're never going to
1: rearrange this so that it goes a nicer way. See, I love this section. <laughs> like... Just the fact that, like, once you're out of um, the National Park area, you just head north. And it's like, we're just going into the unknown. Like, there's really not much here, mm. apart from this Up Plains kind of experience. And to me, despite the fact that, yes, you're on a road which makes it less wildernessy, mm. like, you're really not going to see a car. There's no reason for people to be out here. I saw three cars when okay. I did this. They probably spoiled a little bit for you. But, like, we didn't see a single car at mm. all.
0: I think for me, it's just the fact that it's just so straight and you, you just see it going on forever. Like I, I find that mentally challenging (laughs) because it's just, uh, it just feels to me like, you know, you, you can't, there's no turns. There's, there's
1: nothing. There's just, there's just the road. There was a few turns, but I found like the bits where you could see quite a distance um, away were the more interesting bits. Especially when you rise um, over one of the hills and you can see another hill in the background as Mm. you're looking like on a a downhill section. I was like, that is just like, that scene is just like, just perfect for me. Like, there's nothing in that view, Mm. but wilderness. And I think, because looking at your photos, it was a gray and kind of dull day for us, it was, like, blue skies with patches of clouds. There was wildflowers everywhere. Yeah. It was just, like, there was nothing else to do but just kind of ride at a really nice pace until you got to the campsite. And, yeah, Aaron remarked, because he, be, he would be behind me for most of it, and he'd be like, I'm just following your tyre tracks, and then all of a sudden you just veer off to the edge of the trail. I was like, has he crashed? I was like, nope, there's a wildflower yep. line directly in front of <laughs> Yes, I've experienced cycling with you when yeah. he when his wildflower <laughs> season. <laughs> I think after a while he stopped following my tracks. Yeah, like, um, but yeah, like I just enjoy it, and all the way to Boonamunduk, Munduk the, the hut, I was just like, this is heaven—just open country. The something about like when you're driving and this is open road, mm. like that's this is the bike packing version of that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i don't yeah. i i get i get your. i take your point but i think i think if you ask a lot of people they would say that this section through to jinang bedrip onwards like yeah. from there to there is probably their least one of their least favorite sections yeah um i think because you like wildflowers a lot more that you're maybe seeing a lot more things of interest to you i don't know
1: yeah like I understand, like if someone said that to me that they hate this section, I'd completely understand that and wouldn't try and argue the point. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like what I found enjoyable, the day that we did it, I don't know. Just the combination of like the hills are over and it was just kind of like the scenery just kept changing. It wasn't just like you know mm. scrappy forest. There was open plains, like mixed forest. Sometimes it was thicker. You, know, you get bits of water sometimes, hills in the distance. I, just enough to keep me entertained, and yeah, Buunamundak as a hut, I really enjoyed as well. I agree with you. I actually think, like, after all of that riding, it's more the
0: fact that it's just boring road riding. Like, if it if it meandered through on single track, yeah, different story. I have, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, scenery was great, the riding was engaging, but I just found found it unengaging to ride, but the campsite is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Just back on that, the only bit I really found annoying was some of the single track. Oh, really? There was one bit where you could see the bridge, like the road bridge, and the trail took you off onto this single track, onto another bridge to cross that creek. Yeah. But then there was fallen trees over the track. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, great, now you're like, I've gone on this single track. It was overgrown, and it's just taken me longer to do this section. (laughs) Fair, 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 fair cool. Um, but yeah, back to the campsite, like riding in on that single track, it's just, it felt really special. And I just had this feeling that we weren't going to be alone, like people were already at the campsite. Mm. And I was wrong, like there was no one at the campsite, but we were joined later that night by a couple unexpectedly. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, even just looking at the map, there's like a water source nearby. And Aaron and I got quite excited. It's like, oh, is there going to be like a little lake or something nearby? I think it's just a floodplain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the things, I I looked around and my immediate reaction was, you know, because it has that kind of scrappy kind of look about it. I was immediately, I was was a bit negative. Mm. But then I sat down and was eating a chocolate bar to get some energy for the rest of the ride. And I was blown away. By how much life was around it, you can hear. Yeah, and that that to me was like, oh, this
1: is actually really special. Yeah. So yeah, here are we, we arrived, it was warm. It was the end of the day, so I was like, I'm just gonna strip down. I think I was just walking around in my board shorts and just yeah, that whole afternoon was just walking around, listening to the birds, the insects. I did like a full lap of all the tent sites, which. It's marvelously over ambitious for the Mundabe to have tent sites out of here yeah, but like it's just I wandering around I found like orchids like different wildflowers and not seen all day like it was fantastic and then at night, I was like, I'll just see what this the sky's like and yeah core of the Milky Way was out. I think it was around the new moon time. So mm. I was like, I'll do some Astro, even though I didn't have my gear with me. So I was just, it was just sitting on the table. Mm. I think I chalked it up with like my cup or something. <laughs> <laughs> we got some really, really cool shots of the Milky Way and like just hearing everything around was pretty cool. The only thing I'll say negative about this campsite is because being near like a floodplain-y swamp thing, the mosquitoes were just terrible. I think Aaron and I went to bed like pretty early just mm. because it was really hard to... Stay up and not get eaten alive. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably one of the better campsites, like experiences we stayed at, which I think for this section, I think, you know, we always talk about trail experience being the overriding factor of how you enjoy a particular section. I think for me, like just what we went through was made this section pretty cool. Awesome. So, Buna Munduk to Janang Bijibap. Um, So this is more of the same for quite a while (laughs) at the start. Um, But for you, this was like the second half of a a day's ride.
0: Yeah. When I decided I was going to do the Mandabidi, one of the things I really wanted to do was just go down and hug a carry tree. So um, there had been the first lockdowns, which seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. So I had started at a certain point leading up to Jinang, Bejibup. And so i did this sort of in a weird order and as a result i was doing from bunamandak through to the pickup point uh on a completely different day like way towards the end maybe yeah so somewhere around the middle of when i was doing my end to end sectionally so it was yeah you know after having a bit of a break i went back onto the trail and it was very much the same sort of stuff and i was just like yeah, I just wanna be done with this. Um which, you know, like there, there was some cool bits. There was a section that was a bit flooded where there was like a bit of like a swampy thing right next to the trail mm-hmm. that was interesting. Yeah. And then you you kind of turn onto this quite wide vehicle track. Didn't like that. <laughs>
1: So, again, experience guiding um, the enjoyment levels. For us this day, like, I knew weather was coming and it was coming in the afternoon. So I said to Aaron the night before, look, let's just get up as early as we can, have everything packed and leave at sunrise. So then we at least have the option if we reach Janang Bijabat that we can either just camp out there and then the rains will arrive or we can decide maybe to push on into Denmark so like riding through the really really boring road section was sunrise for us and oh my god it was pretty it was cool it was just really enjoyable the birds were out in the morning got to see lots of wildflowers and like it being exposed as you are through that section wasn't as bad because the sun was just rising it wasn't hot i just was having a blast through there because i was like if we maintain This pace for this long, Mm. which is quite easy on this section because it's fairly flat. Like, we can have a really, really good day. Yeah. Aaron was not quite as happy (laughs) with (laughs) that plan. So, I wasn't too uh, kind with him in like waiting at certain spots like I had been like the past two weeks. So, I was like, just keep pushing, just keep pushing. Um, Yeah, really enjoyable all the way up to that um, the crossing. Of the kent river which is a real of this morning
0: yeah I, I agree that the you know having because it has its own sort of bridge mm. you know for the cyclists versus the cars and they've made that really special and there's like a significant aboriginal site on one side of the the river Yeah, and then i love the bit where when you cross the river it goes through like all these granite boulders it's just yeah to me that was a nice sort of
1: highlight uh, in what is otherwise a very dull day. Yeah. Because I remember reaching the turn off at that point and I was photographing some wildflowers and it seemed like a pretty nice area. And Aaron joined me and I was like, let's stop here for a break. Just, I think we were like 10 or 15 k's in. And he's just like looking at his app thing. He's like, no, let's keep going for a little bit. And then you reached <laughs> the river. I was like, okay, yeah. let, let's stay Fair. <laughs> Yeah. So I had a bit of a break there. It's just... Yeah, it's one of those unexpectedly really cool spots and mm. I like that they've spent a bit of money with that suspension bridge. Kind of just adds a bit of pizzazz to what can be a pretty uninteresting ride. Absolutely. And then after that is the Marin Road <laughs> after the Munda Biddy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just a case of like put your head down and get it done. Like mm. It's a good spot to make up time. Yeah. I think one of the things I'll say about it was that
0: I had a really great experience on it in so far as that there were emus that were running along the track. And there was a, there was this huge amount of time where I was basically chasing them because, you know, they're pretty dumb. And they were like running away from me, but along the road that I had to head down as well. Yeah. So it took them a long time to realize that they needed to get <laughs> um, so that off. So that gave it a bit of an interest. And... The other thing that makes it better than Marin Road is that there's a lot of ups and downs, so you get a bit of fun, you know, mm. just going down the hill. So it's scenic wise, I'd say it's on par with Marin Road as to how much I despise this section, Yeah, just in terms of repetitive road. And it, it goes for like, it goes on for hours of just the same road. Yeah.
1: I think it was, it's like 25 or 28 Ks mm. of the same continuous stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for like I I didn't enjoy this section, but I think like in the back of my mind I was like we're making it to Denmark tonight. Yeah, okay. So for me this was just like just pedal as quick as you can like within limits, like just this is a chance to get through some kilometers. Mm. Whereas if I think we'd just done campsite to campsite it probably would have been disappointing because, like, this is a big chunk of the day is just on roads. Yeah, it's
0: like almost the whole day is on just on roads. Yeah. Uh, wh- one of the things I will say though is that I tried to find things to keep myself entertained. Yeah. And there's a lot of granite outcrops along the road. Yeah. So there was there was one that was like after a big climb, just to the left there was this sort of like boulder and i was like oh yeah i'll just stop here have a look and explore Mm. and then later on there's a a granite expanse that you can climb up onto and get really good views of mount lindsay so i'd made the most of that opportunity and and i felt like at least from that perspective that there was some worthwhile moments along what is basically just a straight continuous road
1: yeah and like at certain points like i just wish there was a sign because like i saw the first granite bit and i had a bit of a look but that second one where you actually climbed out on i think i must just skip past that completely Mm. i mean i was probably had head down but like yeah a little sign or something to say hey stop here for a break would be great yeah Uh, And then you reach that junction where it's Mount Rowe National Park and Mount Lindsay National Park Mm. all in the same spot. Um, It's kind of like, oh, yeah, there's, like, vast wilderness there that won't really be touched, Mm. but you're on a road. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then from, I think it's Harewood Road where that goes, Aaron had stopped and he's like, look, I can shortcut here to make it to the campsite. (laughs) I'm going to do that. And I was like, I really got annoyed like the last couple of weeks whenever he suggested cutting out distance or taking shortcuts. But here I was just like, go for it. If whatever you need to do, because I know we're going to Denmark, I'm not stopping at <laughs> the campsite. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, cool, you do that. And then I did that giant loop around... Yeah. Which seems really unnecessary when you look at the map. Yeah. But, like, it takes you close to Mount Lindsay, which I think is a big bonus.
0: Yeah. So, I actually went to Mount Lindsay to the car park yep. just because I, I had um, decided that I was going to have my lunch there. And I was didn't want to just stop at the side of the road. And it's, uh, again, one of those things where I think that they should make it a bit more inviting for cyclists to do that if they want to. Because hmm. there's nowhere to park your bike or anything. And it's so close to the Mundabidi, why not? Yeah. You know, like at least, um, you know, I, I walked down to the, the Denmark River crossing. Mm. You know, that that's, that's not uh, difficult to do. Yeah. And I can imagine people wanting to do that.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, when I was originally planning out the trip, this was just a campsite to campsite spot. And mm. I, like, factored in going to Mount Lindsay maybe doing the 10-kilometer hike up to the summit, depending on how we're going for time and, and energy and stuff. But, like, yep. yeah, it's definitely something that's pretty cool. And you get to see the Denmark River up close, and it's just a nice spot. So, I mean, there's a sign saying to Mount Lindsay, but I wonder how many riders actually look at that and go, yeah, I'll, I'll go.
0: Yeah. But all they need to really do is just put some U, you know, U brackets so that you can park your bike up. Yeah. And then, you know, at least you know it, Maybe your stuff will get stolen from the bags, but your bike won't get stolen.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because I think anyone who's going there is probably a hiker to do it. They're not really going to be like, oh, that's my bike now. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a lot of road riding through here. And then weirdly, they're like, we're going to take you off the road for a bit of like, something else and you just go down like the edge of this farm yeah yeah which when i rode there just turned into this muddy bog i'm just <laughs> like what are you doing to me?
0: but before that there is something really awesome along here there's old school sites. oh god yeah that's right <laughs> yeah you know like i always joke about you know when you drive down the highway and they're like they have that h symbol and it's like old school site yeah. and all that's there is a plaque that says there was a school site here yeah. which is just like not interesting at all and, and we've joked about like
1: traveling australia and going to old school sites and i finally got to see one. Oh, you laugh about that but um caris's grandmother and mother had planned a trip out to <laughs> go visit where Karis's grandmother went to school out in the wheat belt Really? <laughs> they were, like, really excited and, like, plotting where it all was. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen plenty of those. I, like, wondered, does anyone visit them? So I think the numbers that are going to visit are probably dwindling quite a lot yeah. as the years go on. But, yeah, that is a very imp- impressive plaque yep. for just a school site.
0: Yeah, and the granite, like, boulder that it's it's
1: been affixed to is quite big yeah um but yeah so going along the paddock and then you kind of jump into the forest a little bit before rejoining the road yet again (laughs) which then turns into a paved road so it's not too bad yeah and it's a bit nicer through here I i
0: remember there were like um it was like people's farms, but they had like a creek flowing through the farm. And it was kind of nice looking.
1: Yeah. I think I tried to communicate with some cows through here that weren't having it. It's kind of looking back at me. Yep. Um, but then you do actually finally get onto sort of single track, sort of old vehicle track. And then that leads up to the campsite. Yeah. Um, Very kind of thick and that pinch climb at the end is not fun. <laughs> mm, Definitely. But yeah, I just had it in my mind, like, we were making good time. At this point, I was like, we're definitely going into Denmark. So, like, the climb wasn't too bad. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you just round that corner, and, like, you see the carry trees. And, and it's, it's
0: so sudden, the transition, isn't yeah, it?
1: It's I, I was amazed. I was like, surely, like, I'm rounding a corner to then go onto a vehicle track that leads up to the campsite. But yeah. it's like, nope, there's the campsite. And, yeah, like, I knew you really, really loved it here. So mm. I was expecting good things. And it it met expectations. Okay. I thought you were going to say, no, it wasn't good. The frosty reception when I got to camp, sorry, Aaron, was um, <laughs> not quite as welcoming. Because I think by that time he'd realised we're going to Denmark and he'd yeah. have to ride another 40-something k's. Yeah. Um, and talking to his partner later on, like, he'd called her and was like, buddy pie. and <laughs> <laughs> Oh. But I was so resolute in, like, we're doing the right thing. I just brushed it off. Like, I didn't really care. I was like, you go have your soak. I'll yep. fuel up and fill up my water bottles and sign the logbook and everything. But, like, I was G'd up to do yeah. 100Ks this day. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, I mean, I can, under- I can understand your point of view because I feel like if, you- if you're there early, might as well. Um, but on the other hand, what a fantastic campsite.
1: Yeah, that was the thing, like, I was disappointed we weren't staying here, mm. um, because it is such a nice campsite, set in the Carry Forest, nice huts, like, just a beautiful spot just to to be. Yep. But that was the, the trade-off for, for what was to come. Mm. But, I mean, you got to, to hug your Carry, and... I did. This was your first night staying first, in a Mundabidi hut? First
0: night staying in a Mundabidi hut, but it was also, ironically, it's the last hut of the trail. Mm.
1: This is quite funny because, like, between Walpole and Albany, you get quite a few huts on the Bib, but really there's only the three. Yeah. No, sorry, there's only the two. The two. Between Walpole and Albany on the Mundabidi because you've got towns and, like, it's the distances are quite easy on a bike. Yeah. But, I mean, what a campsite to to leave with.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people, as as, like, the grand finale campsite, what an amazing sort of masterpiece and such a surprise because really it's an island of Kerry surrounded by a quite scrappy looking Jarrah mm. but there's just like some for some bizarre reason this area here is like carry.
1: yeah I just yeah I mean you wrote up about like how there used to be views of Mount Lindsay yeah I feel like you're not really missing much if you just go and cut that soap bush down or whatever's growing yeah. in front of the hut like for those views, I think that would really make this like a super special campsite.
0: Yeah, if you do, if you do go to the hut, there's like um, to the right. If you so, if you're facing Mount Lindsay to the right of the hut, there's like a log that's been used for landscaping. Yeah. If you stand on that log, you can see <laughs> Mount Lindsay. So, because <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Beach Jin- Bejabat Mead's view of Mount Lindsay. Yeah.
1: So is that like when real estate agents are like, if you stand in the bathroom and peer out the top window, you can see the ocean, therefore there's ocean view. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or if you stand on the roof, you'll get... Yeah,
1: basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, disappointed not to stay there, but I think I'll probably be back at some point to to stay there because it does look quite a, a special spot. Yeah, for sure. And then on to the final section leading into Denmark. So this is... Not an easy forty-eight kilometers, but kind of one of the very special points on the track because it is really the only connection you have with the ocean on yeah. the whole Munderbidi.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when you leave, once basically once you leave the hut and you leave the island of Kerry, you're pretty much on roads for a very long stretch of the day. Yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't hate it. And also, I don't know what they w- could do.
1: Like, what are the alternatives? Well, that's the thing, because there's so many farms and wineries around here that's, yeah, like, where do you take it? Mm. And that that's the compromise of, like, taking it so far north to go to Mount Lindsay is you've then got to battle back mm. to get to the coastline. So, yeah. Like, it, you'd probably pour over the maps and find a slightly better route, but it'd just be a lot of work to try and divert it to a nicer spot.
0: I feel like you'd probably miss out on that campsite.
1: Yeah, which would be a shame, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there might be something in the future where you can take Mm. an alternate route via the coast, maybe. Who knows? There's been a few people who have said that they reckon that from Walpole
0: that there's a better way to go. Mm. Um, and I mean, some people do take the non to Denmark, yep. you know, heritage trail instead. I don't think it's better, or maybe it is better. I don't quicker. know. It's quicker. <laughs> it definitely is quicker. Um, but there there are problems with that trail as well. It's not yeah. perfect, you know. So it's not like you're you're like leaving, um, you know, boring road riding for a much superior, yeah, you know, thing. So. I don't know. There's there's no real easy answer there. So I kind of went, you know, fair enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you kind of go down that single track from the, the campsite and then you're on to, like, gravel roads and then um, Scottsdale Road, which is all paved and kind of a bit exposed to passing traffic. That's
0: That's a bit, I think, as a developmental opportunity, they should have a trail on the side of the road hmm. just because that's a tourist drive and people often are drinking, often going to, you know, wineries, and often driving, um, you know, grey nomad vehicles. Yeah, So it should be a bit more protected for cyclists, I think.
1: And it is winding. There's a few blind corners. Mm. Um, Yeah, if you're not looking out for a cyclist per se, it's quite easy to get distracted and run into one. So, yeah, it'd be cool if it went off Scottsdale Road. Mm. If I was Harewood Winery, I would probably... um, Maybe suggest a diversion straight through there. That would be pretty cool. Yep, and I do recommend Harewood. They make fantastic wine. T- yep. Um, so yeah, there's a, there is a couple of wineries that you do pass the entrance way to. Mm-hmm. What's the second one that's past Harewood? There's Duckett's Mill is the other I think one. That's the one, yeah. And they they do fantastic cheeses, so they they're worth stopping in if you you know wanted a lunch. Yeah.
0: And they make I think they make good Riesling, good Port
1: as well, so. And that's the thing about this day is, I mean, it's 48 kilometers, but there's a very large downhill stretch. Mm. And then the run into town isn't too bad. So if you wanted to stop in at some wineries, you've got the time to do it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're not doubling like you guys did. Mm. There's, you know, there's plenty of. You can be fairly languid with your time and yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Uh, but
1: unfortunately, we did not have time. <laughs> <laughs> or particularly fresh legs at this stage. So. I don't know at the campsite, I kind of just like mentally reset and be like, I'm starting at kilometer zero now. It's 48 kilometers into town. And that seemed to work fine up until you get off Scottsdale Road and you start that giant climb. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so long. And the first bit isn't too bad because the gradients are fairly gentle as you kind of roll through that really nice farmland. Yeah. But that final part of the climb is brutal. It is, yeah. Like, I think I pretty much walked that whole thing. I was like, just stuff the pride at this point. Like, there's no point. Yeah. Just walk up.
0: And I think you're quite right. I feel like that early bit where you get to get the nice farmland views, it has that shire kind of quality. Mm. You're kind of happy. And then um, the ascent is just like trees blocking your view. Yeah. And it just felt like especially this was like very early on in my, my ride whereas I mean for you it was late in your ride but it was
1: after a long day of riding already and I didn't have the climbing gears on the bike to do that like the bottom two climbing gears were stuffed on oh. my bike so I, like I was limited as to what I was doing so as soon as the gradient got over a certain amount I was like that's it I'm off yep. but yeah there's, it's mentally tough as well because you think once you reach that top it's all downhill you just have to reach the top. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's nowhere else you can really take it through there anyway. You've just got to suffer that section. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, there's a payoff.
1: There is a payoff. A very, very, <laughs> very fun payoff. Yep. Which I'd hate to do the other way. I think Absolutely. I'd actually prefer to do it this way. <laughs> yep. But it's, um, it's Point Hillier... What's the... Sorry. Is it Point Hillier View? No, it's Point Hillier Vista. Yeah. That's the name of the road.
0: And you get a vista of Point Hillier. Yes,
1: which is a spot that I didn't really enjoy when I was going through on the bib because I was like... I was stopping at Parry Beach that day yeah. and it was just a hot, like, June-bashing morning. Yeah. And I was just like, I just want this to be over.
0: We we referred to it as Point Hellier when we did the <laughs> yeah. in, uh, That was in 2003 because we did it in, in
1: summer and it was just like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, looks a lot better from the distance on a nice cool day. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got a very, very long downhill on mostly paved roads to start. Yeah. I was looking at my Strava today and we clocked 62 k's an hour going down nice. the that hill. But, like, that's fully loaded on a 30 kilo draggy mountain bike. I'm sure if you're on a road bike or a gravel bike, you could easily hit 80, 90 maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it's just so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and just that release of like, you can see the ocean and you know we're going down there. Like, there's just a lengthy downhill that mm. you enjoy. But it's actually not all smooth sailing because you do actually, once you hit the flats is you've got that twisty bit leading to the rail trail. Yeah. Which wasn't too bad. It was just kind of never ending in, in parts.
0: Yeah, and you you pass a Bibble Man shelter, an old bus stop that's yes. like <laughs> pretty crappy looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do join on to that. And I, I I quite like the the rail trail section on the um, Denmark Northern Light Heritage Trail, mm. especially that bit that sort of curves through the farmland. It's a bit like it's a raised section.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And like, you, yeah, you can see at certain points where they've also cut into mm. the land, and it's like, yep, I can see that you know this was once a rail trail. Yeah. And then you reach the, the, it's it's the road that leads towards South Coast Highway. Yeah. And the Heritage Trail points you in one direction, and the Mundabidi points you in another. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, Aaron, this is your last chance. He's like, nope, (laughs) nope, I'm going to make it all the way to the end. I was like, oh, it was such a proud moment. Like,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Look, I I will say the Heritage Trail is quite nice into town. It's actually a very nice cycle. Hmm. But you've come this far to get to the ocean. Yeah. And this is your chance. Yeah. Just, just do it, you yeah. know?
1: And the couple that stayed with us at Munduk, they for some reason mentioned a bit like, don't go on the single trail parallel to the highway, just ride on the highway. And Aaron did that, and I was like, no, I'll go on the single track or see what it was like. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. It was like a downhill flowing bit. Like, it was a little bit overgrown in sections, but like, you could see where the trail was. It was yep. awesome fun. I was like, why would you want to go on the highway? I don't understand that. Yep. I mean, for them, it would have been, actually, no, that would have been less than halfway into their day because they also doubled from Denmark going okay. in the other direction. But yeah, it's just maybe because it was uphill for them. But downhill, definitely a lot of fun. Yeah and then you kind of cut through some back roads through people's or past people's properties to mm. then get to the William Bay Road leading yep. into the national park. Yeah. Which is kind of just a bit ho humish like you just want to get to the coast.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it goes past the the lake that's in William Bay. You know like that that bit that's
1: No. Nope. You don't see it? All I know is Luke Longley he has his place to the right oh, of he? the road
0: <laughs> cuz there's a section where you you go like downhill and and if you look through the bushes there's a lake but you don't actually interact with it at all
1: no i must have completely missed that
0: yeah if you look at the satellite image there's a there's a lake just to the east of the road yeah but doesn't engage with that and i think feel like that's a missed opportunity because it's part of a national park and except for the people who live near the lake, mm. no one actually interacts with it. And yeah. it would be nice to like have like a little thing
1: that goes there. But anyway, it's just just road riding into William Bay. Yeah, which is like it's not super dangerous, but at the same time, like if you're in there during like peak times, mm. there's some blind corners. It's not really a shoulder to ride on if there are cars. Yeah, so you've just got to you know be wary that some people may not be paying attention. Hmm. But I mean, for us dry, riding all the way down that hill, there was just like the weather had arrived and I was just like, Oh no, this is going to spoil the, the coastal riding section. <laughs> and we reached um, Greenspool and Elephant Rocks and like, yeah, it just started like spitting and drizzling. Mm. And I was like, Oh no, like <laughs> we've gone, come all this way. Like I knew the weather was coming. I was kind of hoping it would hold off for another couple of hours, Yeah, but it didn't. And it, Kind of, we had the same experience as well because you couldn't come here when you were doing your sectional end to end because it was being redeveloped. Yep. So we both had to come back to reshoot this area.
0: <laughs> yes, because I had to take the, the detour into town on the Denmark the Nornalup. up. Uh, but when I did come back here, so I just happened to be in town. I was like, oh, I'll bring my bike. I'll just do this small bit just to, you know, mm. I basically had finished it. But I was like, I just want to get this right, mm. so I did come back. But the good thing was when I got to um, Pool, like the view of the island had like God rays shining down on it, and yeah. I was like, yes, <laughs> this couldn't be <get> better. <laughs> um, but now, because when I did it, they hadn't built the trail through, but because I had to ride along the road to um, Waterfall Bay. Yeah. Now there's a trail.
1: Yeah, so when I came back uh November last year, so 2021, they had completed the trail. Yeah. So that was quite cool, but then while we were there the first time in September, we were watching the helicopters carry all the materials from one spot oh, to that's another cool. so they were still building it. Um so that was fun to watch as we kind of like pressed on in the drizzle, but Definitely the new alignment is infinitely better. So instead of going along the road to Waterfall Beach, you actually go down towards the the path that leads to Elephant Rocks. So you can Mm -hmm. park your bike up there and go have a wander. And then you're on single trail all the way to Waterfall Beach. Yep. And there's some really nice lookouts over Elephant Rocks. So it kind of looks like a drone shot. Um, I just did an article for the Mundabidi Foundation that has that photo. Yep. I was like, this is really cool because you get to see it from above. You get to actually interact with the coastline because from the road, there's a big dune in the way. Yeah. And you can't see anything. Yeah. Whereas this single track, like you can see, you know, the the windmills in the distance, the coast. It's, yeah, a, a big improvement. And awesome. really only like a short section of the trail. Mm. It just improves that day massively. Excellent. And then from Waterfall Beach... You get that really cool single trail yeah it's like really windy and up and down through the peppermints um i remember just we had steve on to do the billman track section and he talked about the bridge that the mundabidi uses yeah and like i remember when i was walking through on the bib i could see a mundabidi rider going like up above yeah and it's weird like having done it both ways now that the bib still uses that old alignment yeah. Like, just take the Mundabidi section. I know it's a little bit dangerous if you've got riders and walkers, but, like, it's not too bad. Yeah,
0: there's sections that are shared elsewhere, so it's not like it's never been done.
1: Yeah. And just, like, just the peppermint story there. I love yeah. peppermint trees, and this is just, like, heaven for that. Yeah. And then you get that little side trail where you can go down to one of the creeks and you overlook the bridge that you actually do cross on the Mundabidi. Yep. It's just, yeah, a little bit of fun leading into Lights Beach. Yeah. And this is where Aaron and I decided to camp out in the brand new public toilet <laughs> for about 45 minutes. <laughs> so, like, we were just about to depart and Aaron was looking at the trailhead for the, the whale Trail. Yeah. I looked at the radar. I was like, let's not cycle off just now. And as soon as we got to the toilet block that was in the car park, it started to bucket down. mm Um, So this was a bit of a a lull in the day because Aaron was quite tired by this stage and it was just like, we'll just wait for it. And then 45 minutes later, it was still pouring with rain. Yep. Yeah. Nice beach, nice area. Just got to pick your weather. Yeah. The view of
0: Lights Beach is, you know, really lovely. Mm. And, um, you know, here you meet up with the Bibbulmun again as well. And I like that the Wow Trail didn't dumb down the Bibbulmun. Mm. but also made the riding from a rider's point of view way better because I think before you used to take the road, Ooh. which was like you, you would turn in, inland, like as in the access road to Lights Beach, and then you'd travel along, which is, it would have been way more boring than yeah. what they have now, which is, you know, yes, it's very sandy, so you probably couldn't ride a bike on it, yeah. but they because they paved it, you now get this... To me it's like the equivalent of it of on the bill Moon when you're getting into Albany and you see the 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 wind turbines. Yeah. Like you get a mini version of that here. Yeah. As you're like meandering through the dunes and you see the you know, the, the two turbines of the Denmark much yeah. smaller and less grand. I mean, sunshine. having
1: done this in the pouring rain and also like bright sunshine, it's enjoyable either way. Mm-hmm. But I think it was definitely built with not the Mundabidi rider in mind. Because there are some sections, like, that are very steep. Like, they're just short little sections, but there's no way with a fully loaded bike that you could probably do all of them on this trail. Right, okay. I mean, I guess this was, like, 80 kilometers into my day. Yeah. But there were some pinch climbs in there. I'm just like, yep, off the bike, like, this just hurts too much and even when I was on my unloaded bike coming back in November I was like "Oof, that's a bit steep <laughs> um, and I'd also be curious as to find out how many accidents there are on this trail because it is a dual use walking riding trail and you are allowed your dog on there mm. so I'm just wondering there's a lot of blind corners a lot of fast flowing sections how mm. many people actually collide between walkers and bikers
0: so I hit a dog later on in the <laughs>
1: section not not here
0: but yeah, yeah. I, I that would be interesting to know
1: mm. yep but i mean the whale trail as a whole is just like it's fantastic like mm. it's like a roller coaster when you're on your bike yeah and there's like wildflowers on the sides when i came back in november there were carnaby cockatoos like big flocks of them mm. like birds everywhere and you got that like great view looking over the, towards Mount Halliwell. Mm-hmm. There's kind of just like sitting there. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, yeah. It's something about like knowing that I've hiked that a few times. Like, just what an awesome experience that is.
0: Yeah. And Monkey Rock is like super prominent of yeah. you along there as well.
1: Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, you get the, the carries just like poking up like on the edge of the ridge. It's, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, right? And then you reach the turbines. And you actually get quite close to one of them. Mm. <laughs> like you hear the, the, whoosh, the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah.
0: Whoosh, yeah.
1: And then, yeah, across that little access road and you can see Wilson Inlet and Denmark and you just you know the the end is nigh. Yeah. That's a pretty cool run.
0: Yeah, that access road down is where I hit the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I went straight down and I saw people. And I was like, okay, great. I'll just leave some space for them. Went to the left a bit. And then a dog just ran out of the bushes. Oh. And I, you know, I love dogs. So I felt so awful for hitting the dog. Mm. Um, but they were, they were really apologetic, the owners. Yeah. You know, they were, they felt really awful that they weren't looking after their dog properly. Yeah. Whereas I was like, I'm so sorry I hit your dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the dog like bounced back. Like yeah. literally, like it, it, it was like hit. It fell over. It stood up, and then it was like, <laughs> it was a border collie. So you know, like, oh, yeah. and it boundless energy.
1: Tough, yeah. <laughs> uh, but definitely at the bottom of that hill, there's the ocean beach lookout. Mm-hmm. That if you have the time, definitely stop in. Mm. We decided not to, but on the second trip, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that because it is like it's the lookout over the Wilson Inlet. Yeah. And it's quite spectacular.
0: Yeah, it's really cool and you know, like watching the that point where the waters mix and sometimes mm. the water the waves can be pretty rough coming into that
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you run into Denmark. I didn't find it too bad, given that we'd done over a hundred K's by then. But like it definitely is a bit compromised, as it is with the bib.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't love it, but I didn't hate it either. Like, I did like that, you know, when you when you go past the inlet, they have that little island area that you get to see, and then there's like a section of like paperbarks along the water. Um, And I I do really like the bit along the like the Mokare Heritage Trail section,
1: but yeah, I mean, it's it's sidewalk along a road. Like, I didn't have an issue up until where the junction of the Denmark-Nornalup rail trail is so okay. I was like why are we not just going there and then going along the Denmark river into town because right. it just feels like from there you're just riding through the back suburbs of Denmark like I understand they yeah. kind of don't want it to be like a little spur trail but at the same time you're on a bike it's like that 2 or 3 kilometers isn't as big of a deal
0: yeah okay so yeah actually now you're that's a good point because i when i did this the diversion took me into town on the heritage trail so it didn't feel like any yeah. different to me but yeah i know what you're saying if you're going that way it does feel like a really odd diversion to take
1: because you go to like the top of the hill near town where the um visitor center is and mm-hmm. then you kind of like i don't know you're kind of going on back streets into the middle of town yeah it just felt a little bit unnecessary when you've got like, an existing rail trail already. But, yeah, um, I agree. It just, yep. Yeah, it was just a bit baffling. And, like, given, like, w- we had a rest day in Denmark because we doubled in, and we went to the visitor centre being like, cool, we'll sign them under Biddy Book, and it wasn't there. They pointed <laughs> us to the co-op, and it wasn't there either. I was like, well, what's the point of, like, yeah <laughs> taking you that way? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But Denmark, very, very cool town. There's a lot going for it. There's some nice bakeries, some nice restaurants and cafes. Most of my family are my in-laws. <laughs> yeah. So you spend a lot of time down there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really
0: enjoyable. Yeah. Lovely town. I think we've talked a lot about Denmark. It's a it's sort of area where I think a lot of people go to make a tree change. Um, great wineries. Pretty good food. I think that dinner options can be a bit limited in Denmark.
1: So we had a, a like a really bad run of like food experiences on the Munabidi. So we arrived <laughs> and we had two nights in Denmark unplanned. The first night I was like, Cool, we're gonna get pizza and I was talking to Aaron and be like, I'll buy I'll shout you pizza for making you ride like ninety to hundred Ks this day. And then they were closed the Thursday night we arrived. And then there was like this random town meeting, it was like the town A. G. M. on the Friday night. So a lot of the businesses oh, had no. closed. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure the only place that was open on the Thursday night when we arrived was the Indian place. Mm. And we went in and we just stood there for like 10 minutes and like no one served us because oh there was God. like one kid working there who was on the phones and taking like orders and everything. So we're like we'll just go to the IGA and just like pick up some random stuff for yeah. dinner. But yeah. There's if you're
0: bit- there f- if you're there for lunch, highly recommend the Vietnamese bakery. There's two bakeries in town, yes. the Vietnamese one's the better one.
1: The award-winning one I'm always disappointed with because they don't have a spinach and ricotta sausage roll. Right. It's just disappointing whereas like the Vietnamese bakery just has like a lot. Yeah,
0: they've got some really cool stuff cuz they do they do like Vietnamese hot lunches as well as like the bakery stuff. They do bun mi. Um you know, for like a country town to get bun mi as good as that is like amazing. And sandwiches are good. Um, they do Vietnamese iced coffee. Happy days. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Walpole to Denmark. Not as good as the Billman, in your opinion. But Not by far. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I really, really enjoyed this. And I haven't edited up the photos yet, but I am looking forward to... Doing them, I think there'll be some very long posts just with the amount of photos I took.
0: Mm, I think it's bookended by two excellent bits, like from Walpole through to Valley of the Giants. I think is like unquestionably fantastic, yep. and then um, you know like the William Bay bit into Denmark. Yeah, there's some bits that are a bit odd, but you know that's that's the payoff of reaching the ocean finally. So I I do like that, but then. <sighs> Marin Road-esque riding is not my favourite. So,
1: see to me if they could just fix up like around Janung Beach, and then like Scottsdale Road area. That's the only area I really have a, a problem with. But apart from that, like this was a pretty enjoyable time. Yeah, and only one day really to go. In yeah, Bitty. That's right. Yeah which may be our next podcast, depending on how we go. Hmm. So as per Donovan's uh, little thing at the start, if you've made it this far, you'll find out why there won't be as many releases going forward.
0: Uh, yeah, there's there's probably three reasons. The first one is that uh, with border restrictions being what they are, and that's not a criticism of McGowan, it's a criticism of... COVID. (laughs) Of the let it rip strategy of race, let's say. Absolutely. Um, There's just no certainty. There's just no way we can book trips. There's nothing to write about. You know, we, we, or talk about, I should say. There's there's nothing to talk about because we've talked about pretty much everything in WA, except for like a handful of off-track trails. Mm. There's just just nothing to, to get on about. And there's no point in us in just doing episodes for no reason. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is that, um, you know, with Omicron being as contagious as it is, we probably have a bit of apprehension about having guests.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we could probably organize something remotely, but like even when the first outbreak happened and I had to record from home when it was just you and me that was still pretty difficult mm. and that was with you lending me like proper recording equipment so trying to do it remotely like we've done it before but it's only been one person over the phone yeah. and again like who do we who do we really want to talk to I know we've got a couple of guests that I'd like we'd really really want to talk to and maybe we'll get to them but To do that for every episode or every two out of three episodes would just be too difficult. Yeah,
0: it becomes a real challenge. And there's the logistical problem of recording someone on on the phone and Mark also being on the phone because I would hear Mark and that person on the phone and that's difficult to filter. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So all of this comes down to Donovan edits like the podcast. (laughs) I just take direction from him of like what we can do and what's possible. And the third one, which is kind of
0: why the whole thing of missing the Thorsban and the Tassie trips last year was just that little bit more painful is good news. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, Alyssa and I are expecting. Um, we have a, a baby boy due in June and as such, you know, first of all, the Omicron thing, I don't really want people coming to the house for no reason. Yeah. And secondly, I'm not going to be getting much sleep for a while. <laughs> so it just makes it that bit more difficult and with nothing to talk about. And I'm going to have less to talk about for a good year yeah. because, you know, from here on until... Our son is a year old and can, you know, we can do some hiking trips with him in a backpack, which we've already bought. Yeah. Um, there's not much we can really do, you know. Like it's just, it's just going to be a lot of time at home, a lot of time doing other stuff. So, uh, it's it's just yeah. There's not there's even even if Omicron, you know, the Omicron wave finished and we could travel in six months' time, I'm not going to be able to. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, for that reason, you know, those three reasons, it's just, it kind of makes sense that we probably need to put a, just a little bit of a halt on the podcast until we can get things sorted and we can travel again and have, you know, I want to make sure that if we have content that is good content and not just creating stuff just for the sake of it.
1: Yeah. Um, so I've known for a, a while, but on behalf of Real Trail Talk listeners, congratulations, Donovan and Alyssa. Thank you. Um, But yeah, back to your point on like the content is like, I don't want this to become a chore. Yeah. Which I feel like we were dragging out like ideas and like it was harder to come up with concepts to talk about. So I'd rather just leave it to times that we really have something to talk about. Yeah. And as much as like a handful of people may be annoyed or disappointed that we're not going to be there every two to three weeks... Like, I'd rather just put out stuff that I want to put out. Absolutely. You know, I think there's no point in us just, like, rehashing previous episodes with a slightly different spin just to do it. Yeah. Because, I mean, we talked about last year making it to 100 and then calling it quits. And Aaron had raised last year, like, but like just after we'd had that conversation, like, oh, what are you going to do for your 100s? So I was like, end it. <laughs> 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 but now, like, we're at episode 86, and really, like, I don't think we even have a plan to make it to 100, no, with, I'm like, Omicron hanging over us, and you having less time now.
0: Well, I, I basically lost f- four different episodes worth of material that we were going to talk about, which is the Thorsbin um, Three Capes, I guess we could have done the, the non-luxury version episode. <laughs> the Pleb version. <laughs> <laughs> um... We were going to do uh, Freycinet and Mariah Island. Mm. So those were four hikes that Alyssa and I had booked that we didn't get to do. And, you know, my parents have said that they'll look after our kid and for us to do Thorsburn next year. But, I mean, I've had Thorsburn cancelled now f- three times and there's been four or five times we've tried to book it and something's gone wrong. So yeah. I, just, I just don't know, you know, like I, I don't want to make plans for something that may not even happen.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this is not the end. It's just goodbye for now. And I Mm. mean, we've still got at least two Bitty episodes to go, which we'll probably record in the near future. Yeah. But after that, I think it'll just be an infrequent surprise when they do drop any new episodes.
0: Yeah. At least, you know, I think at least for the next year, it probably will be just ad hoc and when we have something to say if things change in a year's time where we can have things to talk about mm. then we might but i think i think you and i both have agreed that doing sort of like every 2 to 3 weeks over a whole year is pretty taxing
1: i mean we weren't really recording that much anyway towards the, the back end of last year yeah i mean between what the episode before i went on my monday bitty To Mm. now. I think it's like two or three episodes we recorded. Yeah. So, yeah, like it was starting to get that way anyway and, like, I didn't want to have to keep pressuring you, like, when are we going to record? What are we going to do? Because, again, like, I was kind of... Like, I wasn't burnt out, but I was like, it was just another thing to do Hmm. that didn't feel like I was super enthusiastic about it.
0: Yeah. And I I felt the same way. You know, like, I felt that it, it... Certainly, you know, last year I really struggled to write and an hour-long podcast takes like an evening to edit after work and anything more than that's like a two-evening thing to edit. So it just became, you know, it, I'd sometimes feel resentful because I couldn't write because I was editing podcasts and it was like every two weeks we would be editing a podcast. So it's, um, I don't want to be doing something that I resent doing. You know, like I want to, I want to actually be... Happy and excited about doing it.
1: Yeah, and I could feel that as well because, like the like, I come in and we record, but like the burden is on you to edit mm. and then post. So yeah, like uh, with knowing what was coming for you, and like you were quite busy with work, so I was like, just let's just not do this at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, let's just say we not we might not come back and have a renewed spark in a year or two's time. Yeah, just just for now we're just gonna take a a lengthy break, and if we decide to record, we'll record. Yeah, and and you know, like hopefully there'll be heaps of like
0: hiking with baby material (laughs) if you're interested in that, but um we'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you if you are still listening, and hopefully you haven't taken that news too badly. But I mean, we have an entire backcard log for you to explore, which I know some people have messaged me saying I've just gotten into the podcast and they've still got like. 90 to 120 odd hours worth of content to get through so (laughs) yeah it's not like there's you know not a massive backlog to to listen to you can still fall asleep to Don's late night ABC voice (laughs) Radio voice alright so yeah we'll have uh, a special guest in next time for the final section of the Munda Biddy and then I think we'll probably do an overview episode at some point so still plenty of Munda Biddy content to come yeah for sure
0: Thank you everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of Real Trail Talk, then please rate us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Ratings really help us to reach an audience, especially those who are looking to learn about the outdoors in Western Australia and Australia in general. If you had any questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at or contact us through our social media channels. Thank you